Afterlife with Brent and Jeff. Good evening and welcome to the final Alter Life episode. It's all over. We have lots of great music and we're going to wrap up our very final series about the famous last words of Jesus. We're going to kick off the night with the very first song we ever played on the Alter Life. Welcome to our big rock show by All Star United. You're listening to the Alter Life with Brent and Jeff. The Alter Life with Brent and Jeff. That was welcome to our big rock show by All-Star United. That was the very first song we ever played on our pilot episode that aired almost seven years ago. Wow. That's crazy. And, uh, you know, this is a bittersweet time. We're here for the very last time with you all, and we're very excited to see what God's going to do, you know, beyond in our own lives and the ministries that we're involved in. But also, we're so thankful looking back on what God has done over the time that we've been doing this radio show. It's been really neat to see the faithfulness of the Lord, you know, and as, you know, we have week in and week out shared the word of God with everyone and um, even with ourselves just to see the fruit of the word of God in our lives and hopefully in your life as well. And um, we're just here to say praise God and give glory to him for everything he's done. And tonight, you know, we're going to be wrapping up a series that we started um, seven weeks ago. Uh the set called the famous last words and it's uh you know we're talking about the things that jesus said um in his last minutes or, or last hours uh, on the cross and um so we're going to wrap that up tonight with the final thing he said before he died and um uh so i'll just read it through here it says now it was about the sixth hour there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour that then the sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was torn in two And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. And and when the centurion saw what had happened, he glorified God, saying, Certainly this was a righteous man. Jesus giving up the ghost, praying to his Father, saying, Into your hands, God, I commit my spirit. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight, a word of reconciliation. Um, We have all been reconciled to Christ through the work he did on the cross. And we're just going to have a show tonight of rejoicing in that and exploring the depth of what it meant for our Savior, Jesus Christ, to commit his spirit to his Heavenly Father. Yeah, I mean, during this dark time right here, God is pleased with, with Jesus. And as he's giving his spirit over to him, he's reconciling what had been separated during that darkness. That was the episode we had talked about, a word of separation. This is the reunion, the reconciliation between God the Father, God the Son, and we get to receive all the benefits of that. All right, that was Surrender Saved My Life by This Beautiful Republic, and even more so, the surrender of Christ's spirit into the hands of the Father saved our lives. And that's what we're talking about tonight, a word of reconciliation in the final episode of The Ultra Life. We're so excited. We're going to also make our home. Right now, we're in Luke 23, verses 44 to 47. But if you have your Bibles and you're sitting there hanging on every word that's being said, then you can also turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to look at 3, 4, and 5. We're going to be hitting verses from all those uh, chapters, which is so so rich and so deep of truth that really kind of fleshes out what happened on the cross when Jesus gave over his spirit, when the, the veil of the temple was torn in two, putting an end to all religion in the sense of that, that dead orthodoxy. Um, you know the the negative connotations that religion has. There is some good forms of religion, but 
relationship was restored, the reconciliation between God and man. And that's what we're focusing on tonight as Jesus gives over his spirit to the Father and the temple, the veil was torn. And the sun was darkened. Can you imagine this scene? Like, you know, the sun's shining, now it's not. It's gone. You know, it's dark. And it's, you know, that's always creepy in and of itself. And the veil's torn from top to bottom. And the Savior of the world dies. Can you imagine just what that was like? You know, we were talking about this scene and how the veil was torn and um, the significance of that. You know, and as Jeff said, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians 3, 4, and 5 a little bit. And it's interesting what he says there about the veil. Paul says, you know, that, you know, as he's talking, you know, he's got boldness of speech. But unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away, their minds were blinded for until this day the same veil remains unlifted he says in the reading of the old testament because the veil is taken away in christ but even to this day when moses is read a veil lies in their hearts nevertheless this is a great verse when one turns to the lord the veil is taken away and now the lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty at that time the veil was torn away and we've had we have access to the throne you know you think about the tabernacle and you know there was a veil that the the priest went into to go in the holiest of holies where he communed with god um, in a cloud over the mercy seat you know and the pictures of all that and the temple veil you know that separated everyone from um god the you know god in his very being in the temple on the mercy seat you know in a cloud like that that whole that whole thing that they're so they were so used to as um as israelites you know not know, knowing they weren't allowed to go there that one time a year in the day of atonement the priest would walk in and and, and and sacrifice um for the people and for himself and you know when you think about the scene of that and now jesus is fulfilling that requirement um the veil is being torn and the Israelites have access. We have access into that place um, without a priest having to do it. Um, and, you know, as the show's called, A Word of Reconciliation, you know, Jesus Christ himself in this moment um, enabled, you know, common folk like us, um, non-priests, we all now become priests ourselves, right? We all inherit that. And we are able to come to the throne of God and, and be reconciled to him and, um, you know, praise the Lord of what happened there at the cross at that moment. The Altar Life. Music, truth, real, period. That was only through Romans 5, Exit East. Great song, just really takes Romans 5 and puts it to song. We like when, when bands really don't shy away from what the scripture has to say and how important and, uh, you know how important it is to get that word out there in any way that we can. And we're glad that we've been able to do that over these last years and, uh, as Brent was saying in the last segment, if you're just tuning in, we're talking about a word of reconciliation, specifically talking about the veil and how in Christ's death, when he gave up the ghost, the veil was torn in two, it says. And there was reconciliation, not only between Jesus and his father, but for us human beings and the father God. And Brent really hit on a, a really cool point, how we inherit the fact that we are now a priesthood. There's no need for a separate priesthood that is um apart from the people that has to represent the people because it says that christ was our perfect high priest he went he so he offered himself once and for all so that there never needs to be a sacrifice again and because of that we can then enter boldly into the presence of god which is crazy to think about 
there's a verse in Hebrews chapter 6. There's not too many, you know, whenever you see a, an idea or a type, this whole thing about the veil, it's cool to do a study on this stuff. Uh, but you'd have to do that in your own time because we don't have that much time <laughs> to do that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, in verse, you know, chapter 4 and 5, it talks about how Jesus is a high priest and how, you know, it's because of this, he who is required as for the people, so also for himself to offer sacrifice for sins. But Jesus basically describes how he's the perfect high priest because he didn't also have sin that he had to atone for because he was sinless. But it says in chapter 6, verse 19, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. And then he continues on, and you can read all through Hebrews. is all about how it breaks down what was instituted in the Old Testament in the law between the priesthood, the sacrifices, the temple, etc., and how Christ fulfills all those things. And that's a, cra- that's a crazy thing to think about how it says he's our forerunner. He goes in behind the veil on our behalf and tears that veil apart so that we can then follow in his footsteps. It's crazy. You know, and we look at, you know, after this transaction of the veil of the temple was torn in two, um, you know, Jesus cried out with a loud voice. You know, he says the last things, which is what, you know, what we're going to zero in on as we continue. He says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And there's just a simple biblical truth there, you know, that that's worth pointing out here is that he's committing his spirit to the, to the God, to his father. And, um, he's not committing his body. He's not committing, you know, um, you know, all the other parts of us, you know, that we think about (laughs) that we are right. But it's the spirit of his spirit is what he's committing to the father, because that's the part of us that, you know, that moves into eternity. When we die, that leaves our, we leave our bodies, the tents, and uh, we leave those behind and we let them continue to be dust, right? They go back into the dirt and become nice fertilizer. And we move on, right, as our spirits leave. And if you doubt whether there's an eternity or whether there's something beyond this earth, um, this is proof right here that, you know, <laughs> our spirit moves on. And Brent was hitting on the spirit and the aspect that though Christ died on the cross, his spirit was entrusted to the Father. And, um, that's an important thing. We, you know, we had mentioned to turn to Second Corinthians three, four, and five. There's a verse that says uh, that who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Jesus' Spirit was in the hands of God, and uh, God then offers us the Spirit and to come and live inside of us, and that's how we are able to. You know, it's. It's really confusing when you start to think about it, when you look at it, but it says that we are in Christ, but that Christ is also in us. Um, You know, Jesus speaks of it specifically in John, where he says that uh, my father and I will come and make our home with you. So how is it that God, uh, you know, and to tie it into the Old Testament again, the tabernacle, when you look at all these things about the tabernacle, the tabernacle is a type of God's desire to then dwell among his people, which he does in the new covenant by coming and living inside of us. Where is it in the Revelation where it says, you know, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men? You know, that that's a huge thing to think about when you start to unwrap all that stuff. But it's important because he talks about it in 2 Corinthians 3, as Brent mentioned earlier. The veil is taken away when you turn to the Lord. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into that same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So Jesus' Spirit, when you receive him, when you turn to him, 
comes to live in us. And that's where the reconciliation between God and man takes place because not only are we seated in Christ at the right hand of the Father where we have access, but God then comes and lives inside of us. That's crazy. You're unbelievable. The altar. This is unbelievable. I cannot believe this. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. All right, it's time for our unbelievable segment and uh, our final unbelievable segment, actually. We're pretty excited about it because we have some special guests here with us in studio. Brent, not just Brent. I am special, though. You are special. Yes. <laughs> but um, it's more than just um, me and you for once, yeah. which is good. But we just want to thank our families for um, the sacrifice that they have put into this show as well. Um, no, we don't have cheap labor or anything with our kids. Um, no, just the sacrifice <laughs> of uh, the time it took for us to, to produce a show and be away from them. And um, so we just want to thank them by allowing them to say hi to you all. Yeah. You get to inter- you know, meet them and be introduced to our family. So we're going to pass the microphones around and have everyone say hi, which would be kind of cool, right? Yeah. And uh, you guys have probably gotten to know them over the years as we divulged intimate details of our lives in our unbelievable segments and our shows, etc. So this won't be uncomfortable for them at all. <laughs> <laughs> They're actually very nervous. No, that's fine. <laughs> so how, how would we do the order here? Do we have a, a preference or anything? Well, I think maybe you should kind of introduce your family and then maybe... Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> all right, you guys got to stop climbing all over me and the equipment. That would be helpful. Um, okay. Uh, I'd like to introduce my family first, I guess, as Brent told me to do. Um, first is my wife, Jamie. Hi. Jamie and I have been married for almost eight years. Woo! And uh, when the show started, we didn't have any kids. So now we have two young boys that we'd like to introduce to you. Our oldest is Jesse, and he's five. Hi. And our youngest is Leland, and he is almost three. Good job, you guys. And now, without any further ado, I'd like to introduce you to the Brent household. (laughs) Brent, take it away. And my wife, Tracy, we've been married for almost eight years, and here's Tracy to say hi. Hey, everyone. And uh, my oldest son, Micaiah, you can say hi. Hi. And my next oldest son, and he's six, so uh, my next oldest son is four, Caleb. Hi. (laughs) And then... The youngest son, he's actually just turned two, and he'll, he's, he'll maybe say hi. Say hi. <laughs> there you go. Now you know the Brent and Jeff clan. And um, just to continue back on the concept of the spirit and our spirits. You know, our spirits, the part of us that actually interacts with a heavenly God, if a, a, a God we can't see. Um, you know, Jesus, when he left, he gave us the Holy Spirit to be with us. And to live inside of us, as Jeff was saying, and you know, the spirit is the part of us that that knows when something's wrong. Is the part of us that that um, needs Christ. You know, it's the part of us that really is desperate for Him. Um, you know, when you lay your head down at night and you know that there's something missing, if you don't know Jesus, it's the spirit. It's your spirit that's crying out for a connection with a heavenly God and the Holy Spirit. And you know, that's why I love what it says and when it's what it says in first Corinthians that I read a little bit earlier um, not first Corinthians I'm sorry second Corinthians <laughs> I'm actually in the wrong place or as they say two Corinthians <laughs> I love listening to like 
uh, pastors from the UK because they call it Two Kings and Two, two yeah. Samuel. It's all proper. It's so better. It's much better. I'm going to start saying that. It's more epic. Yeah. <laughs> but when it says, you know, the spirit, you know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, you know, and the Lord is spirit, you know, and um, that's why when we worship him, God says to worship me in spirit and in truth. Um, you know, it's not... it. Because it's got to be a part of, it's got to be you engaged. It's got to be the spiritual part of who you are engaged um, with the spiritual spiritualness. And you know, when I read this and I think about that transaction happening, it was happening in a spiritual sense. You know, yeah, the body was dying and the body died. Um, but the G- Jesus' spirit lived on and into his father's hands he committed his spirit. And um, we can't lose sight of the fact that it's more than just what we see here on earth. That there's something going on. Um, that we can't see, and um, it's real important to understand that. And uh, this is really interesting where we're going with this. You know, this is kind of, it's totally of the Lord because this topic, you know, which is why you know we kind of decided to do this this series because we we can dismiss the things that Jesus said as just something that he was saying, but everything has such an important part, and it's almost like in his final words, Jesus was hitting all of the key elements of what it was that God had done his his plan of redemption from before the foundation of the world you know we looked at forgiveness salvation connection uh, the fact that we are never forsaken because he was forsaken for us we never have to thirst again um, the completed work of his of his sacrifice and now we're looking at the reconciliation that takes place that which was broken in the garden and we think back to Genesis and we see that God said to Adam, don't eat of this tree, because if you, in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. So Adam and Eve eat of it, but they're still alive. What happened? It's the spiritual death that took place. The, they were clothed in light, and now they feel naked and ashamed, and they have to cover themselves. And that's, you know, that's the institution of man's religion, man's attempt to relink themselves back to God. Something had been broken. There was a veil there. They couldn't have that communion with God that they were so accustomed to. And when Jesus said, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit, something took place where that spiritual disconnect that had taken place from the sin of man was being restored and that the veil was torn and now we were able to gain access into that communion. Something that we as Christians, I think, we don't realize. And Brent and I were talking about how the the enemy kind of attacks the spirit in, in the church. We don't realize what has been regained and what is what access we have? We look at Adam and Eve. We're like, oh man, look at that! They got to walk with God in the cool of the day. What was what was what's that be like? When we have God's Spirit living inside of us, we have the ability to have access to God anytime we want. Mm. You know, and I, it's it's really interesting that how all all of that ties together just in these final words of Jesus here. And uh, you know, in chapter four of second Corinthians. We'll get into that a little bit, but it, one part that I really like is that he says, we're always carrying about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. So Jesus's body was put to death, but his spirit lives on in us. And he was soon to be, and we'll talk about this. We won't forget about this part, the resurrection of Jesus's body, which is something we're also going to experience. Something Jeff hit on with going back to the garden and you know how they were separated and they had to feel like they were clothing need to clothe themselves um something was off you know second corinthians 5 he says for we know that if our earthly house this tent is destroyed we have a building from god a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens for in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven 
you know we're wearing clothes today thank god for some of us um for all of us actually um <laughs> uh, but you know we we actually um are desiring and desire and a cloth a clothing that's from the habitation from what is in heaven a spiritual clothing the robes of righteousness um that we'll inherit when we walk into the kingdom you know and if indeed having been clothed we should not be found naked for we are in this tent grown being burdened not because we want to be unclothed but further clothed that mortality may be swallowed up by life now he who has prepared us for this very thing is god who also has given us look us the spirit as a guarantee you know he's given us the spirit to say look um i'm leaving but i'm giving you the spirit of god that while you're here you can interact with interact with me and i've made you i've guaranteed that when we walk into eternity you know i'm going to give you the the clothing of righteousness as you walk in and um, i will again allow you to be completely clothed in all of who i am that you don't need fake imposters of you know gap or uh (laughs) polo or any of these other high price clothes we're going to have you know the best clothes you can have in righteousness in heaven so you know and and we look at how jesus died and was reconciled back to his father you know his spirit was over into his hands i wanted to talk about a little bit in second corinthians 4 here where it says that we you know we carry about the dying of the lord jesus christ in our earthly bodies that's something that we hold on to you know when we're hard pressed when we're we're persecuted we're not forsaken there's there's that uh guarantee that brandon's spoken of the spirit that's been given to us knowing that Whatever happens in our physical frame, it's for the glory of God. And he says in verse 11, For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. Paul talking to the Corinthian church here. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe, therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus. And will present us with you. And that's so important for us to remember is Jesus didn't stay dead. Jesus didn't give up his spirit and then, you know, stay in the tomb. He was raised by in the power of the spirit. There are other parts in the in the epistles where Paul says, by the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. That's the spirit that we have. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's something even more amazing is that the spirit was working in the resurrection of Jesus as well. That's the power that we have at our disposal. I think that is that in and of itself is something to behold. Yeah, and the question for us tonight is, do you believe it? Do you believe that the power, that same power, because you're a believer, do you believe that that same power is working on your behalf? Do you believe that your spirit has been revived and is connected with the spirit of God? Um, you know, the Bible says we don't refer to our, you know, we knew Christ once in the flesh, but he's not anymore. He's in, he's the spirit. We know him through the spirit of God. And, you know, do you know him that way? You know, you can go to church and your body can get drug out of bed and go to a building and worship God and sing songs and leave and your spirit's not at all engaged. Your spirit's not, you left your spirit at home. Your spirit's actually at home playing, you know, playing video games on your cell phone or whatever it is. You know, like that is your spirit engaged, you know, and because um, a true believer knows knows that they're saved because of the transaction that's gone on inside of themselves, inside of the spirit, as the, our spirit connects with the Holy Spirit. And do you believe that tonight? You know, um, so often I don't. So often I live a life powerless because I don't ask. I don't. I don't come to the Lord and ask for a refilling or a refreshing of the Spirit of God. I I, I just kind of go on and try to do it in my with my flesh. You know, and um, man, if 
How much would our lives change if we tapped into the power of God, this power that's raised Jesus Christ from the dead, the same spirit that went to the went to the Father as Christ died on our behalf. That was Red Letters by DC Talk, a great song. We just want to remind you of the importance of spending time in God's Word because that's in the Word is where we have life and that the Spirit of God that's given to us awakens these words so that we can understand and comprehend them. That's what this show's been about. That's what Living the Altar Life has been about for these last seven years. And um, we'd be remiss if we didn't hammer that home in our very final segment. And uh, we want to wrap up the Word of Reconciliation episode, The Altar Life, by stressing the importance of getting to know God's Word because it's in His Spirit that God, God has given us as a guarantee that we are His, that He He opens up the Word of God to us. And it's the Father, the Son, the Word of God, and the Spirit working together to reconcile us back to God. You know, and I just think, and my prayer is, you know, for everyone listening is that you know, you understand the work that Jesus did on the cross and, and the fact that there isn't anything that um, you can do to add to it <laughs> except for believing in Jesus Christ and allowing the Holy Spirit to come and live inside, live inside of your heart. And um, Jeff, I'll just read this to kind of set the context, but you know, the end of Second Corinthians 5, he says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. You know, Paul talking about himself, but of course, Jeff and I are kind of saying this too. Um, to you guys, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you, Altar Life listeners, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And, and out of the heart of the reconciliation that Jesus accomplished on the cross, you know, we challenge we challenge ourselves, we challenge everyone listening to live an altar life that's pleasing to the Lord. Be that sacrifice to Jesus and um, allow the Lord to take over and, and live through you. Yeah, he's. it says you know, early on in the chapter that he's, he's entrusted us, he's committed to us the word of reconciliation. It's not up to us. If we're, if we're claiming Christ and we've surrendered our lives to him and we're living as a living sacrifice, as it says in Romans 12, which is what the altar life is, is worshiping God in the way we live our life that he's given us that word you know it, it should be everything in us to to minister that word to the lost world the world that has been broken by sin and the, to relink themselves to god by the spirit and uh man it's been great to go through the word you know week in week out with our fans with you brent and uh i'm just really excited to see what god is going to do and the fruit that he's brought because his word does not return void as the bible says yeah, he's, he's definitely faithful all the time, and um, even when we're not, he's faithful. And um, I just, my prayer is that everyone has been blessed through this. I know I have just even, Jeff, just sitting with you and going through the Word together, as you said. And um, So with that, I guess we'll wrap up. Yep. So until he returns, or calls us home, be, be cool cats, cats, live for Christ. Christ. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Nobody has regretted putting all on the altar. And the fire falls upon the burnt offering and the Holy Spirit comes in fullness upon the life that is utterly yielded to him 
Lord Jesus, thou who hast offered thyself as a burnt offering for us, grant that we here today may offer ourselves to thee without reservation, that all may be on the altar. And blessed Spirit of God, come with all thy fire upon the offering and consume the dross, the sin, the unworthiness, and flow through us in power, in blessing. We ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Period.